You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. Welcome. Hi, I'm Ida Ray, Certified Divorce Lending Professional, and this interview is part of the Divorce Literacy Series from the Divorce Lending Association. And I have with me today, Liz Reinecke. Welcome, Liz. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're quite welcome. Would you kindly uh, tell us a little bit about your background and your practice? Sure. So again, my name is Liz Reinecke. Um, I'm a family law attorney in Howard County, Maryland. I've been practicing just under about five years. Okay. And if you had to state, uh, you know, wh- where you end up practicing in family law, where where would that be? What areas? Um, the typical issues, divorce and custody and child support, alimony, um, and then sometimes adoptions. Okay. Um, okay. And in our conversation while we were, uh, before we got started, you talked about de facto, is it called de facto custody? Is that the right term? A de facto parent. Yes. Parent, de facto parent. Okay. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? How that works? Yeah. Sure. So it's kind of a unique and a new, new thing here in Maryland and all across the country ever since gay marriage was legalized with same sex couples. Um, obviously, if you have two people of the same sex, not both of them can be biological parents. Um, and if something happens, then there was a case in Maryland called Conover that was decided that established the ability of a, a third party, such as, you know, um, a spouse of a same sex couple or a grandparent or someone with a relationship to the child that's not necessarily the child's biological parent that can come in and have standing and stand in the same shoes as a biological parent in a custody case or a, a divorce. Okay. That that's good. That's good information to know. It's fairly new in Maryland. So when when was that adopted that that whole part? When when did you see that develop? I think it was 2015, um but because it's so new, you know, the courts take a little bit to catch up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so there's still, I mean as as we speak today, there's still cases coming out kind of addressing and, you know, building on the former case law. Okay. So when you say, uh, you know, sometimes it's a grandparent. So does, does it often happen that a grandparent uh, is actually legally gets custody or what, what happens in those cases? What, what, what do you see most of? Yeah, very often. Um, it, I think the, you know, the number will probably depend on which part of the state of Maryland that you're in. Um, I think one thing that I've seen a lot of with the advent of the op- opioid epidemic Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people and not necessarily just grandparents that could be, you know, some a family member coming in to, mm-hmm. to take custody of a child because the the parent may not be the, the, what we deem as unfit um, based on the substance abuse. So it's happening and it's it's all across the state. So the, the term de facto, just just to increase understanding on that, does that mean is that a temporary custody while while the. The whatever is happening is uh, until it gets resolved, or is that something that's permanent? How does what does that mean? Typically, it's permanent, um, and that's one of those things that's still kind of ever evolving as mm-hmm. you know the, the courts kind of navigate through this new issue. But 
if you are deemed to be a de facto parent, then for eternity, um, you have you stand in the same shoes as a biological parent. Okay, that's good to know. And and um, so that's a part of your practice. It sounds like a pretty big part in it. And you said you indicated that you do um, other types of divorce cases. Can you kind of elaborate on what does that look like for the listener? Can you tell us what that looks like? Sure. I mean, it could look, I mean, every case is different. So it's hard to really put, there's no cookie cutter kind of, you know, every case goes the same way. They all have different issues. Um, You know, each case is unique, but I mean, they could involve issues of of child custody, of child support. Um, The parties could, you know, they could be very young, had a very short marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I have a couple cases right now where I've got a client who's in his seventies. So, and when, you know, depending on age and stuff like that, it really will kind of set the issues apart. I mean, we're always learning every day. You run into something new that you didn't know yesterday. And even attorneys that have been doing this for 30 plus years, um, you know, there's just so much to know. Yes. Yes. I think we probably can all say that in our respective professions that you never know everything. Um if you had advice for someone kind of just starting or in the middle of this, going down this path, what would you tell them? Um, the first piece of advice I would say is if you don't have a therapist or someone that you can talk to, get one. Um, you know, it is very much a marathon. It is not a sprint. And therapists are a lot cheaper than attorneys. Um, and, you know, you really got to buckle up because the emotional toll is it's a lot. It's very overwhelming. Um, and I don't think most people could get through it without, you know, a, a, an expert like a, a therapist or a counselor um, to help them. And for that reason also, so they don't go and don't talk to your friends and your family and social media and everything is mm-hmm. out there. So keep it contained and keep it to your therapist. Yes. Yes. Try to sort out those feelings. Uh I don't think, you know, there's so much emotional upheaval in this this whole, in this kind of an event in your life that you almost need to have somebody there to help you sort through it one layer at a time, right? I mean, that's... that's and emotion, high emotions drive up costs too. Yeah, that's a very good point. An excellent point. Okay. And um, if you had to do... Um, if you had to describe a really gratifying case, would you have an example you could give us on something that maybe you've kind of dealt with fairly recently that you would like to talk about for a minute? Or um, I, I can't think of anything very specific. I mean, I think that, you know, there's really, I tell people all the time, there's no winners in this line of work. Everybody mm-hmm. loses all the time. And especially if you're going to court and you're having a judge make a determination of who your child's going to live with. Um, but adoptions, I think, are are my most fun and like the only fun thing that we do. <laughs> uh, everybody's <laughs> happy then. Um, I, I have had anytime a client is happy, I think it's a gratifying case because, like I just said, there's really no way you could have the best outcome in the world and, you know, you're still losing. Yes, 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 yes. Um, it, so when you do adoptions, is that always, in you know, sort of connected to divorce or just general adoptions? It's general. It's I see and I do the most of step parent adoptions. 
Mm -hmm. Um, If the biological parent is deceased or they're not in the child's life, um, you know, the step parents can come in and puts them kind of like de facto in the same, you know, full custodial rights uh, as the adoptive parent. Okay, that's great. That's great to know, too. Um, do you have any final thoughts to share or anything that I that we didn't cover that you'd like to share with our listeners? So no matter what you do, um, moving forward, if you're not sure if, if you're ready to make the next step um, or not, always consult with an attorney, any an attorney that's experienced in family law. Um, you always say that you, you probably wouldn't go to a pediatrician for brain surgery. Pretty, it's pretty specialized field, and there's a lot of moving parts. Um, and and don't try to do it yourself. I will say that I think probably 20% of my cases currently and since I've been practicing have been fixing errors that were made when people don't want to hire an attorney because they think they can do it themselves. But there is there is no margin of error, no room for error. Um, so even if you're just consulting with someone, you know, make sure you know your rights before you move forward and. And make a decision that you might regret later on. And you'll spend a lot more money trying to fix it in the end. Yes, that's great advice. Okay. Well, is there, uh, could you um, let us know how we would best get in touch with you? Sure. You can visit. Uh, I work for Amos Parrot Law. And you can go to our website. It's APAs and Apple P's and Paul, MDLaw.com. Thank you so much. We so appreciate your valuable time today. And um, yes, thank you. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.